Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. The guest I have with me today, I guess I'm trying to work out how many years we've known each other. It's quite a lot of years that it goes back. Uh, we first met in a, a networking event when uh, Michael had a different business at that point in time, but now he's taking networking to all new levels, and I thought he would be a superb person to have on the program. So, uh, Michael Griffiths, welcome to the program, and uh, please formally introduce yourself and your business. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Great to be with everyone. Um, I suppose we have been seen for the last decade as the uh, genius around referral marketing and referral marketing systems and how to leverage into other people's networks, whether that be through strategic partnerships, through just your wider networks, creating referral relationships. And that's what we love helping service businesses do, create the, the systems for them to be able to generate consistent referrals week in and week out. I, I love it. It's um, and and I understand why it came about as well. I guess because we had the sort of saying that we we met through networking originally. Uh, I don't know if we necessarily need to name the the group that we met in. And I think we both fell out of those groups um, for I'm not sure if it was for the same reason or different reasons, but we cert we certainly did. And I think it's there's a lot of networking out there, uh, a lot of groups and a lot of different formats for it. And too often, I think it's a mixture of whether the groups themselves and the structure get it wrong, but probably more to the point that the people coming to it are coming with the wrong attitude and delivering in the wrong way. Yeah, 100%. Um, I tend to find, especially these days, that people use networking as a last-ditch fallback on desperate, I need clients type of marketing approach. And unfortunately, networking is not going to solve that problem. If you need clients yesterday, networking ain't going to solve it because you will come to an event pretty much reeking of desperation and who wants to work with someone who's like that? So uh, networking very much is about how do I start relationships, how do I deepen relationships, and how do I move relationships forward? And that's how I see networking. And whether that happens to be uh, networking face-to-face, -face, networking online, when you are on your social platforms, you are networking. When you are making a phone call, you are networking. When you're at a barbecue, you are networking. When you're going out with friends and watching the football game, you are networking. So I think people, uh, if they started seeing networking as pretty much you've got to do one of three things, start the relationship, deepen the relationship, or move the relationship to another level. And that's really what networking is all about. Yeah, it's it's simple, but it's complicated because uh, too often people come particularly to networking events with an attitude of give, give to me. Instead of giving, yeah. giving out to someone else, they're really trying to, it's that uh, idea of oh, I want someone to give me some more work. Um, I'm, and hopefully I'm turning up at this event and today I'm going to get those referrals that are going to, you know, add a whole nother level to my business. And it's, it's tough. As you say, there's a, there's a, you know, reeking of desperation is one thing, 
but I think also with a mindset that is simply about um, hoping that you're going to get new business out of it, out of something every time you show up is just um, like it's, it's not realistic for most businesses. No, and, and I think there's a good little saying here that if you think about you're going to a networking event and you wake up that morning, did you wake up in the morning and go, can't wait to get to this event to buy something today? Of course not. Like, no one has. And yet, here we have a group of people who are all trying to sell something, but no one woke up in the morning saying, can't wait to buy something today. So we've got a bit of a gap straight away in terms of what people are trying to do there. And whether you've got 10 people, 20 people, 100 people in a room who are all trying to sell, but no one's willing to buy, straight away it's like who can just talk the loudest or who can be the most annoying. And hence we all run across those people and you just go, there's five minutes of my life I'm not going to get back. And it just simply starts with uh, that way of thinking. It's like, um, how can you buy from me? How can you buy from me? How can you buy from me? Even if you don't even have the pain point, just still buy from me because I still need you to buy from me. So I tend to find if you go to networking events, rather than trying to sell, to be able to get curious to create opportunities. And all of a sudden, there are so many different things that can actually happen in a networking event, whether that be build strategic partners, whether that be just simply you get to start a relationship that, who knows, in several months, in several years, they might have the pain point that you solve. They can definitely go and start talking about you to other people. Like there's so many more things that can come when you start talking to somebody than just simply, I hope they buy my thing. So it really is a change of thinking that most people need to have when using networking as part of their market. Yeah, it's it, it, and I've I learned you know years ago when I first established the business and started going to networking events how um, hard it was for many people to have a meaningful conversation that was outside of that that they they're so fixated on their own that they couldn't get out of that they missed even opportunities that they had even to refer people which i always found interesting because i i think they're you know um i remember the first time i referred someone one of the early times that i referred someone happened because of being curious you know i had a I had an existing client who said who you know i spoke to and said how's things going as you do normal conversation which by the way is an interesting point most people say, hi, how are you? And they say, I'm good, how are you? And then the conversation moves on and they've never actually heard what the response has been. But if you actually take the time to investigate that a little bit further, you find more. And at this particular point, the the uh, person I was talking to said to me, oh, it's just been hectic at the moment. And I said, oh, what are you? what's so busy? And at the time he said to me, and this wouldn't happen so much anymore because of technology's moved, but he said, I've got a shoebox of receipts sitting here and it's driving me nuts. I'm having to enter them all. And I said, do you think a bookkeeper might help you? He goes, yeah. And I said, I've got someone uh, who might help help you. I'll, I'm happy to do an introduction if you like. I was as easy as that. And I kind of went, well, that was just about being a little bit curious and if you add value to other people's businesses by providing in that way, then, you know, that whole idea of karma, it's going to come back to you as well. And and um, it's amazing what doors can open up 
just by being a little bit curious. And as you say, it, it might be referral. It might be an, a partnership opportunity. It might be a potential client that, it, you know, there are any number of different options that could occur. Yeah, 100%. And I think what majority of people in business, and, and we love our neuroscience and our limbic brain versus cortex brain and all that fun stuff that we're into, um, probably don't quite grasp why someone buys from you, from you. Most people go, well, it's because of the solution we have. It's just unbelievable and it's the best ever. So, no, that's not it because they've got no idea and they can't until they've been working with you to know that you've got the best solution ever. So it can't be the solution that they're buying. What they're actually buying is that they believe that you will make their life better. So when we start with that, that they have to be able to say to themselves, this person will make my life better. Well, they can't just come to that instantly that they meet you. So what has to happen? Well, they've got to be able to resonate with you. And this know you, like you, trust you is that uh, it annoys the crap out of me because it's so much deeper than that. When For someone to be able to resonate with you, they need to have a connection with you. So they need to feel connection with you. They need to have a type of bond with you, and that comes through commonalities that they have with you. So trust is just a word. It's not a thing. It's just simply a word. Trust comes from bond, connection, and how much do we have in common. So when you understand that and then you put that into a networking space, well, going up and trying to sell yourself is a complete waste of time because there's no possible way that they can actually resonate with you, create a bond with you, create connection with you, create things in common with you if you don't get off business and find out things about them. Right? Like the fastest way to build trust with somebody is to find things in common in your personal space. And people are like, oh, that's unbelievable. How did that happen? Well, it's just simply our survival brain, and we've all got a survival brain given to us millions of years ago to help us survive, hasn't really developed. So it's always going, hey, how do I hang out with the people who are going to protect me and make sure that I don't get killed? So when you've got things in common, that becomes your tribe. They're the people who are going to look after you and make sure that you don't get eaten by the saber-toothed tigers. Well, today we don't have the saber-toothed tigers, but we still have exactly the same primal way of thinking. So the best thing we could ever do, whether you're networking or you're talking to somebody, you're just simply meeting somebody for the very first time, is to get yourself into a conversation outside of business to build commonalities, which will form connection, which then creates bond. And that's where the know you, like you, trust you actually takes place. We call it resonate with you. And now they can actually say, huh, I wonder how this person could actually make my life better. And until they say that, you can talk to the cows come home. They ain't listening. Yeah, you you are 100% spot on. It's funny, it's it's... There's a model that I um, talk to my uh, clients and and uh, about, which absolutely is the same as that. That whole like, no, and trust, yeah, kind of sits on the outside. But there are so many different elements that need to cross over. And I think the interesting thing too is is that when people think about how they've made friends with other with with people, right? so forget the business side, just friends, it happens because you start sharing stories 
with one another. And those stories uh, have a commonality that resonates and you keep wanting to come back for more. And if you think about what you do when you catch up with friends, right, you don't have, I mean, when was the last time you caught up with a whole bunch of mates and you walked in with an agenda and saying, right, I'm going to cover one, two, three, four, five topics today. Like, hello, that's never happened. I hope it doesn't happen. Um, you know, friends just happen naturally and you, you welcome them. You start talking about where you're up to in your life. You start telling each other stories about what's happened in the past week, the past month, you know, maybe going back in, in, in the into the past even further. You, that's what you do, right? We do that naturally. And if you do that in a business sense as well, you have exactly the same impact. But you need to tell the stories in order to be able to attract the right people to you to want to engage with you. You know, I think the one of the interesting things about that whole puzzle that you were talking about with like, know, and trust is that you could, um, you know, I, I use this example and say, you could be selling Ferraris, right? And I could have the money to buy a Ferrari. But if my main motivation at the end of the day was to drive, you know, young children to school every day, then a Ferrari ain't going to be the answer, right? And that's one of the problems as well is that there, there are so many things that need to overlap before you get to the point where someone will say yes to you that um, something as fundamental as that needs to needs to happen as well. If that pure, um, if, if the whole idea of what you're offering doesn't resonate fully, to borrow a term, then you're not going to, you're not going to get them across the line in doing that. And I think networking is about trying to find out where people are at and trying to understand all the different things that are going on for them and see whether you align or not. And it's okay to not align as well. That's part of the part of, of it as well is that there's a bit of a discovery and sometimes it might be not now, but maybe later, um, you know, for, for both of you for any number of different reasons. And that's okay as well. But there is so much more to it, isn't it? Then and and for me personally, storytelling is such a big avenue of business that I know gets talked about, but is largely untapped in, in the way people think about it and deliver it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um and if someone really loves networking, then the great place to be able to practice is just on your social platforms and being able to reach out to people on there and start conversations with them. And you, then you naturally have to become better at being able to put those skills of being curious and asking questions and finding out about them. You will naturally then take those exact habits and skills into your networking. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that is the, that is the trick. It's, it's, it is, no, I, I, I've one of the things that I hate the most is the elevator pitch, and there's nothing worse I think than sitting in a in a room of people, uh, whether it's virtual or in person, and you get hit with twenty or 30, 30 second pitches in a row, with and they're just pitches, they're just. I'm selling steak knives. Here are my steak knives. Buy the steak knives. You've got to love steak knives. Here they are. Kind of that's that kind of deal. Whereas it's so much more powerful when you tell, yeah, I sell steak knives, but let's not talk about that. I want to tell you about, look, I was, you know, the other day I was working with someone and, you know, they were trying to cook a meal 
and they were taking so much time to cook the meal. And I realized that it was because the, the quality of the knives that they had were just not up to scratch. Like then you're telling a story about something. So it's not about the sale. Um, it's about the value that you add. And I think too often people get wrapped up in this whole idea of I must tell a, a quick version of this is what I offer. And yeah, it's really- Yeah, 100%. And, and that just comes straight into cortex brain. We call it red brain. It's logical. It's analytical. It understands everything that we're saying. It makes perfect sense of it. And at the end of it, it says, eh. And you move on where the limbic brain green brain doesn't understand words at all is only feeling based but the limbic brain controls all human behavior and all decision making so we can see the power of stories creates feeling and feeling is what drives all of our decisions and all of our behavior so when we're telling things in a logical, cortex, rational, analytical way, it's like, yeah, it makes sense, but it doesn't evoke any emotion, any feeling. It's the other side, and that's why stories are so powerful, as you know, and what you share with your people is, hey, people don't just tell it, involve it in a story so they can actually feel something towards it. And then you tap it into that right part of the brain. Yeah, I think it's the best example is is when when you meet someone and they you know they introduce themselves and they say I'm an you know accountant electrician whatever it might be and and immediately as you say you just you just switch off you've compartmentalized and you've switched off and there's nothing new about that and there's nothing engaging about that and there are so many different ways of doing that and of course not the least of which is you you aren't defined by your job you know if that's if that's literally the only thing that could define who you are then um i think you need to dig a little deeper and and i think that that's that that's one of the um you know i started my business on the on the simple idea that i want to change the world but i believe the best way to do that is one person at a time and to helping engaging people through conversations like the ones we're having today that in turn can make an impact on someone else who might be listening in. And if we can do that and make a little change for one more person with each time we do something, that's huge. That has a huge impact. And that's the way we've built the business. I could just come out and say, hey, we do podcasts or we do marketing or engagement or pick a number, any number of those words, but it's more than that. And I think that's the, that's the challenge for people, isn't it? To find that and to believe in that and to make that the, I, that idea, that purpose, the core of the conversations that you're having with people, not the selling part. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, this is a really interesting um, exercise for people to be able to do. Like, we all walk around with this wall up, wall in front of us. It's what our survival brain does. So when does the wall come down? Well, when you build bond or connection with someone, then the wall comes down a little bit and you'll share more of yourself and so forth. So if we're all walking around with this wall up and the first thing we try to do is say, hey, this is what I do, or you need me, and like we tell somebody how to do do something, 
well, the wall's going to stay up. We're just going to bounce off the wall because the wall's there to protect us. The wall comes down when the other person starts to realise that you care about them. And we've heard it so many times before. Like, rather than selling yourself, show that you care about them. Well, it's because of the wall. As soon as you start saying, hey, well, let me connect you to so-and-so. In fact, I can help you with um, introducing you to so-and-so. Let me promote that thing for you. Or, hey, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Is there anything I can do to be able to help you? Show that you actually care. Then all of a sudden, the wall comes down. And and it's not about bringing the wall down. It's that we have to bring the wall down for them to start listening to you. So if you're talking to them and the wall's up, you can say whatever you want. It's not getting through. So instead, focus on actually genuinely caring about them or caring about how you could help them in some way, which has got nothing to do with your product or your service. And then all of a sudden, watch the difference in how they respond to you. It's just chalk and cheese. Mm, I 100% agree with you. And and um, it's such a uh, powerful lesson, I think, for people uh, to, to learn and understand. I wanted to pivot a little bit and go back, uh, Michael, because I know this is not the first gig that you've had. I know you've been doing this for, for a while and it that came out of a bunch of other things. So, so take me back to the younger Michael. Or what was the what was the original dream of what you were what you were trying to do in business, and and how did that how did that all come about? And I'm, I'm interested in the progress. Yeah, I don't know if there ever was a dream. Like I started primary school teacher, elite level basketball coach, um, and pretty much taught because it allowed me to coach. I could run practice before school and after school, and just teach sort of nine to three, uh, which was fantastic. Um, I've been to yeah, two Olympics as an assistant coach with a women's program, coached over collegiate US basketball, um, national league, state teams. That's just what I thought life would be. Came back from a gig at University of Hawaii in 2009, got sick of the lazy teachers, just like, give me my 30 kids, leave me alone, we're perfect. Tell me to turn up to staff meetings so... You can hear your own voice and we've got problems. So it was, hey, you either do that for the next 40 years of your life or go do something else. So um, I was fairly 2009, um, fairly technical savvy um, to be dangerous. So the first business, I think it was around uh, websites. Um, that's That came into a little bit of marketing. Uh, we had a couple of product businesses, a health a health product, um, antioxidant powders, jigsaws, but everything I did, and so this is the seventh business, Sol 6, was created through leveraging into other people's sales. That's how we created every business. I, I, I would be able to go from literally not a single client to hundreds of clients within months. And it would always came through, how do you leverage into whoever has all of your clients? And in essence, that's all marketing is. Whether you're paying for marketing, Facebook ads, what are you doing? You're leveraging Facebook's network. Google pay-per-click, what are you doing? You're leveraging Google's network. SEO, you're leveraging the people who are on Google. So you can either do it that way. Networking, what are you doing? You're leveraging the networks, whoever the network is, their people. 
Or you can go and find strategic partners and you can find cross-promotions and you can find ways to do it. So that's how we did it. And we became better and better and better and better. And uh, had a marketing agency, it's still probably one of the bigger ones within the country. And um, again, we had um, oh, we had close to about 8,500 clients at that stage. And we had great team, but it just annoyed me. It annoyed me of getting phone calls. Why not on the front page of Google? So like, well, what do you want me to do? Call Google and ask them? Like, it just went, there's, there's got to be a better way because we don't even use paid marketing ourselves. So how can you be getting your people to do that? So we went, okay, time that we sold that and we just went straight into we need to show people how to be able to build their business through referrals and through strategic partners and through their current clients and through their networks. And that's where Million Dollar Referral System was was built. So, um, yes, it, whether it's the teaching and coaching, uh, which I suppose forces you to become very people-orientated, certainly over the years the depth of research and training and knowledge around neuroscience and brain chemicals and human behavior has taken how we do things to a completely different level. Um, but yeah, it's certainly been a, a interesting journey to go from um, teaching basketball coaching into um, one business after another. And I wouldn't say any of the businesses um, they were all just right time, right place with a whole bunch of luck along the way um, until we finally got into this, where it was like, oh, we actually know what we're doing now. So um, we could we could go from all the lessons of, of the previous and just say, hey, we know what we're doing and away we go. So, yeah, it's been a – I sort of go before 2009 journey and then from 2009 onwards journey. I love it. Um, it, it just, it, but what? Tell me about um, you know, the entrepreneurial streak as well. I mean, is that was that part of your family? Was that uh, what about your parents? What did they do? No, no. Um, it just came that probably came through laziness. Actually, <laughs> you can't be lazy being an entrepreneur, but it probably did. Uh, but it also probably came that I enjoyed doing my own thing. So even as a teacher, we'd run basketball camps, we'd run holiday programs. So um, it was always having the ability to create your own world rather than have someone else tell you what your world's going to look like. And I think that's the the big appeal in the early days. And um, certainly as we fast forward, yeah, I don't do very well at and maybe that's why we left teaching because I don't do very well at other people telling me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's there. There is that, isn't there? It's um, uh, although, which is which is interesting, really, because you were coaching a team sport, right? You can't go out into a basketball court and just be the uh, and say, "Well, someone's going to give me the ball, and I'm not giving it to anyone else." <laughs> yeah, uh, when I look at that coaching, and, and even like today, like I'm. Um, in training right now for Sydney Marathon, which is eight weeks away. I've never run a marathon, only a couple of halves. Um, but my little one, Sophie's 10, uh, has this this year made it through to state swimming, uh, state cross country. We've got zone athletics in a few weeks, ready to make it through to state there. And I 
push her harder than probably what any coach would push her. Uh, life's about winning. And it's how I grew up that uh, played state basketball, played AFL, still one of the youngest to play senior AFL. It's like every day you get a chance to go out there and win or you get to go out there and make excuses. And we just ain't going to make excuses. And it's how I still operate now and it's how I suppose I've always coached. It's like, yeah, you're 10 safe, but guess what? There are people out there who want to beat you. And unless you want to beat them badly, then you're going to lose. Well, I just want to have fun. Well, go have fun doing something else. You don't you don't need to be training the way you're training to have fun. So life's about winning. And the people who don't believe life's about winning generally don't win. So, um, yes, it's quite interesting um, just Well, there are parallels, how- right? There are parallels with your with the uh, with the you know basketball team that you're coaching because at the end of the day the individuals need to be fit they need to be prepared but they need to be uh, work as a team and whilst you can have a whole bunch of set plays um, at the end of the day there's a randomness to how uh, the opposition are going to put you into certain situations and how you need to respond. Uh, in any given time, so you need to be prepared and you need to adapt and adjust. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a mini version of the network that you've, you know, the networking yeah. idea that yeah. you established. It, it sure is, and business in general. So, like, like every day, things ain't going to go your way. How are you gonna, how are you gonna tweak? How are you gonna change? How are you gonna just overcome it? How are you gonna push through it? How are you gonna keep on going when you just can't be bothered to keep on going? Hundred uh, percent parallels all over the place. Yes, uh, you know, we're all seeking to be the Michael Jordan, but uh, even even Michael Jordan doesn't make every shot, right? So, hundred percent. No, that's uh, one of the one of the big things. Um, uh, just before we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you as well: when people come and they're working with you within the partnership club, is there kind of a point where they have an aha moment and realise that? Hang on, they had been doing things wrong, and this is this makes so much more sense now. Is there is there a moment where that kind of twigs for people? Yeah, it's probably pretty early on. Like most people, the way they try to bring, for a better word, let's call them leads. I hate that word because that's not how you should see them. So the words I use, how they grow their audience, and, and we talk about. Like there are four different types of people. There are what we call brave people. They don't have the pain point that you solve. They shouldn't be there. And yet so many great people sit in people's audiences and they wonder why they can't make sales. You've got the wrong people to start with. Okay, so that's the brave people. Then you've got red people. Red people, uh, they've got the pain point. It's just not a priority for them right now. They could take a year, two years, five years before they're actually ready but you still need to nurture them and you still need to deepen the relationship with them. Right? you got yellow people. I've got the pain point. It is a priority, but I've got a few roadblocks, a few obstacles. They might be three months, six months, nine months before they're ready to work with you. And then you've got green people. Uh, I've got the pain point. It is a priority. I just need to know are you the right fit or not. So they're ready to make decisions within between now and the next month or so. See, most people only believe that green people is who they should be marketing to. Well, the simple fact is if you only market to green people, you won't have a business for long. 
because there's like 2% of green people at any given time. Everyone else is red and yellow. So it's about how do you attract in a way that you build an audience of red, yellow, green people, and then you be able to nurture, not just say, oh, here's my solution, here's my solution. And I think what most people have fallen into the trap of is how do I add value to them? Yeah, that's fine, but that's a cortex brain activity. Okay, you can add value for the next five years unless you actually create a bond and commonality with them, they're not going to be able to ask themselves that question. Oh, Mm. how can Anthony make my life better? And until they ask that question, they're not looking at your solution seriously. So Mm. the the way you attract and the way you nurture is generally the light bulb for people to go, oh, crap, I would have never made that happen like that. I love it. I love it. I know we can talk about this for a lot longer uh, and, and we'll definitely have you back on the podcast in, in uh, sometime soon because there's so many areas here to explore. And, there's, and what fascinates me is that so much of the language that you use is language that that I've been using for some time as well. And I know that we've we've had that bond for some time and and uh, and that's again why we're talking here today. And I hope everyone's enjoyed the insights that uh, that Michael's given. We will, as we always do, include in the show notes a whole bunch of information on how to get in contact with Michael and and um, uh, what you need to do to uh, to reach out to him and to see him in various places around the traps. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on Biz Bites. I really appreciate the time. Absolute pleasure. Hope everyone has an amazing day. And just remember, every single person you come across has a mouth and two ears and they can share exactly what you do to everyone around them. So show them that you actually care about them also. I love it. Everyone stay tuned for the next episode of Biz Bites very soon. Biz Bites is brought to you by Com Together for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand engage audiences on multiple platforms go to comtogether.com.au follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation